Hey everybody, Jim Sams here from the Kayak Fishing Show. Uh, last week on the Kayak Fishing Show Live on Facebook, we had Mikkel from uh, ACR with us and we talked about these personal locator beacons. So I'm going to share that show with you now. I hope you enjoy it. Hey everybody, Jim Sammons here and welcome to the Kayak Fishing Show Live. As always, brought to you by Ballast Point Brewing Company. Today we're having just the standard old regular Sculpin IPA. Definitely one of my favorites for a very long time. Uh, best beers around. Um, I don't know if you guys saw, uh, I got my son out on the water this past week and uh, we got onto the most crazy wide open Dorado filled kelp patty you've ever seen. Uh, I got some really cool underwater footage of it, hooked up the uh, Go Fish cam and tossed it out and hooked up onto a couple Dorado and super cool footage. So I'll be posting that uh, within the next day or so. I'm actually leaving on vacation tomorrow. So if I don't get it up, uh, I, it'll be a week or so, <laughs> but uh, I will be sharing that with you really soon. But the, the fishing definitely here off San Diego is really heating up. So um, remember, if you are um, watching the show, uh, make sure you're watching it on the Kayak Fishing Show page and shoot us some questions. If you want to be eligible to, um, to win any prizes or anything like that, you need to be involved on the kayak fishing show page. Um, if you're watching it as a replay, please type in replay. So we know that you've seen it also. We'll wait about 24 hours. So everybody gets a chance to win. Uh, but to do that, we, you do need to like comment, share. That's what's going to get the, us the most reach. And that's going to keep our sponsors happy if more people are seeing this. So please view on this page. Um, I'm really stoked. Uh, I've been wanting to work with this company for a long time and I, I, you know me, I'm all about safety when I'm out on the water, you know how adamant I am about PFDs and having the right safety equipment. And the guest we have today is uh, working with ACR, Artex, personal locator beacons. This is what we're going to be talking about today. The importance of having these things, how they work, why they work, why you should have one. So with no further ado, I'm going to bring up into the broadcast, Mikkel from ACR. And there he is. How are you, Mikkel? I'm good. How are you doing, Jim? I'm good, man. I'm so, so glad uh, we could get you on here. I, I know you're super busy. I mean, every time I try to get a hold of you, you're running a million different directions. And I guess that's a good thing. Business must be good. Um, <laughs> Business is good. It's five o'clock on a Friday. I want to crack open all those beers I just saw you drinking. <laughs> well, I, I highly encourage drinking on the job. Uh, for anybody who's looking, there is the uh, website. Uh, more importantly, we right before we uh, started to come on this broadcast, we got a, a fantastic offer that I want to share with you guys. They've offered uh, a 15% discount on anything across the board on their website if you use the, the code that I've got on the screen right now. So if you're interested in getting this product, um, any of the products that they have on there, and there's a lot of stuff besides just the personal locator beacons. Um, ditch bags and all kinds of very cool stuff. So I just want to show that. I'm going to take that down. And I'll pop that back up from time to time. I'm going to say hello to a few of our uh, our guests here or our viewers. Weiss, how are you, man? Always uh, good to have you on here. Gabriel, you need one of those. Everybody, you know what? If you're going out, if you're an offshore guy, if you're going out into the wilderness, if you're going to remote locations, if you're spending time offshore, everybody should have one of these things. Um, Justin, how you doing? Serge from Ottawa. How's it going? Uh, Tanya, Justin, Charlie, <laughs> man, we've got a lot of people on here already. Um, oh, my good friend, Ulf Johansson from Sweden. We get viewers from all over the world on here. It, it's pretty, pretty cool. I'm, um, always like to see that. So, 
Mikhail, let, let's talk about personal locator beacons. Let's talk about the company um, and about this product um, yeah. and maybe some of the differences in, in why your product versus other products. Um, I, I've been looking at these for a long time. Yeah. And I mean, the size of this now, I mean, it, it's, it kind of reminds me of the size of an old flip phone. Yeah. But um, if you can see, I'll actually bring this photo up and let's go solo on here. You can see where I've got this actually on the shoulder of my PFD. So it, it's, it's nice and high and it doesn't interfere with anything. So there's no reason not to carry it on your person. Yeah, and, and, and that's the key right there is, you know, especially for your market with the kayaking market is making sure that you're actually wearing it. Um, you know, in the boating market, we have a lot of people who keep it in their boat, in their center console or whatnot, and they're not actually wearing the product. So if they were to fall overboard, you know, life's tough. Um, you know, and I can tell you, we've, we've had about eight different kayak survivors, um, and all of them were luckily wearing the product because most of them got separated from their kayak. Um, and so, you know, people always ask us, what's the right beacon to have? And it's kind of, kind of cliche to say, but it's, it's, you know, the beacon you have with you when you need it. Um, and that's, right. the beauty, that's the beauty behind a personal locator beacon. You know, they're small enough that you can wear them just about in any application. And, and the one you're showing is our, you know, this is our smallest buoyant version. So if you do drop it in the water, it's going to float for you. You don't need a uh, a flotation pouch, but it's not even our smallest one. We have uh, our Ocean Signal PLB1, which is the smallest uh, non-floating version in the world. So it's, I mean, they're they're they're, get, they're getting real small. It's there's no reason really now not to not to have and wear one of these. But wearing is wearing it's half the pro, half the uh, half the battle. Right, and I, I have your website up uh, above us here. Um, there's a lot of interesting stuff. I'm, I'm not going to leave it up there the whole time or anything, but I just want people to show that. Uh, the website's very thorough, has a lot of great information. Um, the other thing is there's a lot of stories, um, which was pretty interesting. A lot of the stories of people who have used and been saved because of this device. Yeah. And, and I think that's the key is, is, you know, proving to people that, that this kind of device will get you help. And, and that's the thing is, is, you know, just when, when you go in the water, uh, you're tiny <laughs> compared to that giant ocean <laughs> yeah. and, and having that, that device where people will easier be able to find you. Mm -hmm. So can you, um, can you basically describe how a personal locator beacon works? Yeah. So, so with a, with, with one of these personal locator beacons, um, first thing is when you buy one, most important part of owning a beacon or having a beacon is, the second you buy it, you want to register it uh, with NOAA. So in the United States, you register it with NOAA, uh, and they essentially keep the database of of who the beacon belongs to. And, and with that registration, you put uh, two emergency contacts along with your own personal information. Um, there's an additional box there for additional information. So if you have any health, um, you know, any health uh, issues, put that in the box because you know, as it's not always getting separated from a kayak, a slip and fall, a boat sinking. A lot of times it can be a medical issue. Um, and so with that registration, what you're doing is that's your active part in a rescue. Hopefully Noah never even opens that, uh, that your, your file. Um, but should you ever activate the beacon, you've now provided them with all the information that they're going to need to go and, and facilitate that rescue. So with the PLB, Let's say you're in distress, you need help. You simply deploy the antenna, keep the antenna pointing to the sky. You wanna make sure you have a nice clear view of the sky. Uh, the beacon is equipped uh, with GPS. So we always tell people, you know, don't, you know, when you're holding the beacon, don't cover the GPS. You know, you don't wanna, you don't wanna block that. Okay. Hopefully, hopefully you're wearing it on a life jacket, like in your picture, you're keeping it mounted high in your life jacket. But the way the the way these beacons work is they have a 406 megahertz distress signal, which goes to a satellite system overhead called COSPAS SARSAT. Um, and that's a government run search and rescue satellite system. And it has worldwide coverage. So 
even though you might register this beacon in the United States, if you travel anywhere in the world, um, including the North and South Pole, and you activate the beacon, the satellite system is going to hear it and it's going to relay it back to Earth. Um, so essentially, when you activate the beacon, it waits 52 seconds and then it sends its very first burst. So that gives the beacon a little bit of time to download your GPS, which is usually plenty of time to download your GPS. And in that first burst, it'll, it'll include your GPS if it's already downloaded. Um, and that burst typically will be back down to Earth and on someone's desk in as little as three minutes, as long as you have GPS. There is essentially um, three satellite systems up there now that, mo that are monitoring these beacons. Uh, there's a low Earth orbiting satellite, which there's one going overhead every 45 minutes. Um, there's a geostationary satellite that pretty much covers pole to pole the entire world. Um, and those are, you know, those are rotating around the world with us. And now there's a, a, a mid-Earth orbiting satellite. So there's three different redundant satellites all monitoring these systems. So typically in less than three minutes, search and rescue will know who you are because of your registration, um, where you are because of the, the beacon will provide your, um, your GPS coordinates. If GPS is for some reason not available to download, um, the satellites will triangulate your position and provide them with a, a, a pretty much about a one mile search radius. Um, and they'll know that you need help because it is a 406 megahertz beacon and by law, search and rescue has to come and turn off this beacon, um, essentially rescuing you. So now, now your, your beacon activation is with Noah. Noah will look at your position and say, you know, you're in San Diego, and they will pass, and you're on the water, they will pass your rescue off to uh, the closest Coast Guard station to your rescue so they can do actually do the facilitation of that rescue. Um, if you happen to be inland, um, more than likely that NOAA will then pass your, uh, your rescue to the Air Force Coordination Center, who will then tie in with their search and rescue uh, network, whether it be a park ranger, police, uh, to, to send someone out to your exact location. Um, so I think and that's so, a great thing to yeah. not just putting these on the water. If you're going on a hiking trip, exactly you know, having this. And, and, and like I said, this thing weighs nothing. It's not going to be interfering. It's not a big extra piece of gear to carry with you at all. Um, there's a, a couple of questions here. Uh, Michael Guerrero said, should I get one of those even if I fish local lakes? Um, I, I think if yeah. you're in any place that – that you could run into trouble where you mm -hmm. might need to get assistance. It's a good idea to have. Um, even on a local lake, you can be hard to find. Um, mm -hmm. And this is going to let somebody know you're in trouble, right? It, it, exactly. Um, you know, it's telling me who you are, where you are, and you need help. You know, the, the nice thing with these beacons is you just don't know when emergency is going to happen. Um, we have a lot of survivors that nothing was wrong. They were still in cell phone coverage range, um, but they slipped and fell on a rock and someone broke an ankle and it was a two mile hike out with someone that's, that now has a broken ankle. Um, and so at that point, are you trying to haul someone two miles out of the woods uh, to the nearest road? Not the easiest thing in the world, could cause more damage. Um, and even with a, being able to call 911, giving them your exact location on a cell phone, um, you know, when you're, when you're in the back country on a lake, um, or even if you're out, out in the ocean, you know, if you're a couple miles out on the inlet, getting them exactly to you is not the easiest solution. And, and that's what these beacons do, because not only do they have the, the signal that will, will alert search and rescue of your exact location, but when search and rescue gets within roughly around, if it's you know, by helicopter, within around 10 miles, they'll pick up on the 121 homing signal, and that brings them right to you. Oh, is that right? This seems yep. like it'd be a great thing for like mountain bikers as well. I mean, those guys are in trouble all the time in back trails and yeah, and, and not even just mountain bikers. We've got a lot of the adventure motorcyclists. Um, I think I saw Charlie Bond on uh, jump on here. Um, one of our great sales reps in the Pacific Northwest. He's an avid uh, adventure motorcyclist, and he takes his with his, him everywhere. I mean, you're 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 out in the middle where where you don't have great cell phone coverage and something happens that that's right. what you need it, so Jason Potts has a question here um does the device require a subscription for service yeah uh, i mean you see that with uh, what the spot devices mm -hmm. right 
Um, yep. and there's some other ones that require a subscription that does this. It, it does not. It does not. So once you buy the beacon, there's, there's no required subscription service. Um, we have a, we have an optional one where if you want to just confirm the beacons working, it's called 406 test or 406 link.com. Um, but it's completely optional. We're, we're not in the business of trying to, to get subscribers. We're in the beacon of, or we're in the business of saving lives. Um, so since we use a commercial or a, a government satellite, we don't, there's no subscription fee required. Um, and if you think about from a taxpayer standpoint too, one of the benefits to, from taxpayers is it's not a search and rescue mission when someone has one of these beacons because we've taken the search out of search and rescue. And now instead of sending, you know, five boats out and three helicopters searching a huge grid pattern, they really don't, they only have to send one asset out to that exact location, you know, back and back and forth. Um, so when you look at how much money Coast Guard spends annually, it's you know seven trillion dollars, or I'm sorry, seven billion dollars on on just search and rescue. Um, you know, with with an EPIRB or a PLB, these rescues they cost a fraction of when they've got to actually do a blind search with search patterns and, and search grids. So so no subscriptions sure. required. Um, you can literally buy the beacon. They start about two hundred fifty dollars, and you're good for you know. The battery life will last in there typically five to six years. So that's it. Okay. Yeah. On the battery, Weiss has a question. Is it rechargeable yeah. or battery operated? It's, um, yeah. So it's not a rechargeable battery. Inside, it has a dedicated lithium battery. Um, and so that, that lithium battery has a shelf life on it. And it's typically uh, some beacons have five years. We have some EPIRBs that have them up to, uh, you know, we've got an EPIRB for the boat that has a 10-year um, dedicated lithium battery. So it's kind of it's kind of a set it and forget it product. You just, the most important thing is just keeping your registration updated. And in five, five six years, you, you know, we have a, I think we have over 300 battery replacement service centers that we've trained around the world. Um, you can go to our website, find the closest one to you, uh, send it off to them, and they can replace the replace the battery for you. Oh, okay. Okay. So you're, yeah. you're not, you're not buying a new unit. You just, you can get the battery replaced. Yeah. I mean, it's not, as it's not a user replaceable battery though. No, it's not with the PLBs. We, we don't have user replaceable batteries. Um, you know, and it's, the product has one purpose in life and that's, if you need it, you know, in an emergency, it's going to work. So we really don't want just anyone opening this up, changing a battery out. You know, we don't want, we want to make sure that Everyone that, that does that knows that they've got to lubricate the gaskets, have the lubricated O-rings, make sure it's waterproof, um, and make sure it's working exactly the way we, you know, we manufactured it here. Uh, Michael Guerrero, again, is, is it shockproof? How bad of a beating can these things take? Yeah, these, these things can take a beating. Um, I mean, if, if you go to a local, you know, a, a West Marine, a Bass Pro, an REI, any of your local channelers that have one, have one of the demos. You know, the second you get this in your hand, I mean, you can you can basically almost pound a nail into a in, you know into the into the wall with with these. They're they're shockproof. We when we when we develop them, they have to go through roughly about a year worth of testing um, through independent labs and then the satellite networks. And there is a gamut of tests that we have to run, shock, uh, vibration, um, temperature cycling. So we have to heat these beacons up to, you know, I think it's 140 degrees Fahrenheit and then drop them and then make sure they work. And then that same beacon, after we've done that, we have to freeze it um, so that the plastic's now getting really hard and then drop it, make sure it works. So it takes an amount, an, an immense amount of time to, to go through the R&D on a product like this. And it's very expensive to go and do all that independent testing. So, yeah, we make sure that, you know, we, we don't know, necessarily know the application that every single person is going to have this in, um, but we know it's going to take a beating. I was I just did a, a ride along with the Florida Fish and Wildlife uh, two weeks ago, uh, and the, every one of their officers is outfitted with one of these rescue links. And I mean, th those guys, those guys beat these products up. And uh, so it was, it was kind of fun to see see the different ones and, and some of them are all scratched up and banged up, but you know, they're all in perfect working order. They might just not look as pretty. Yeah. Justin has a comment here. Um, I've seen EPIRBs on plaques at ACR's headquarters that have survived lightning strikes 
and fires and still functioned. Yeah. So J Justin's a good friend, a uh, lo local guy here. Um, yeah, we've had some boats that have actually been hit by lightning. The boats have gone up in flames. I, I, I wish Justin should have shot me an email. Let me know he was going to ask that question. I would have brought that exact beacon in with me. Um, <laughs> but no, our, our beacons have to have to go through uh, an extensive flame testing. Um, and we've had beacons that are completely melted, um, but you can still actually do a self-test and they've worked. Um, and we've actually had beacons like that used in emergency that have gotten people rescued and they're just completely destroyed. But, um, you know, we, we put a lot of quality into our products. You know, we're not, we, we're never going to be the cheapest product out there, nor do we want to be, you know, we, we manufacture these here in the United States, you know, it's the manufacturing, yeah, manufacturing is it's right down the hall for me. So I could walk in there and, and check on everything. Um, you know, we put a, we put a lot of money into the quality system, uh, you know. Well, you know what? And whenever anybody asks me, and, and we talk about the same thing with VHF radios and and many pieces of equipment, and they're like, well, well, what's the cheapest one I can get? Or it's like, well, how much is your life worth? Yeah, this radio is $200, but I know this radio has got more power. I'm going to be able to reach farther, and I know it's going to float, and I know it's going to work when I need it to. <laughs> and that's the key. Yep. And, and, and you know, we, we always tell people, you know, VHF radios are great, especially kayakers have a, have a nice quality handheld VHF radio. You know, keep your cell phones in those uh, waterproof cases. Hopefully you can use them. With a PLB, it's, it's essentially your last resort. And that's a great way to think about these beacons. You hope you never have to use one. You know, it's not the easiest sale in the world. No one, no one ever buys one of these beacons wanting to use one. Um, but when all else fails, that's that's your lifeline. And at that point, you would pay an infinite amount for the product. So exactly, um, exactly. It's one of those things. Like I said, it's you're only you're hope you're only going to ever need it when you don't have it. Yeah. You know, and so having it up there is just that little bit of insurance. And, and I say the same thing with PFDs. You know, it's like don't wear it for yourself, you know, wear it for your family. You know, yeah. they're the ones who are going to be worried about you not know where you are if you run into trouble. Mm -hmm. So yeah. Weiss is saying the battery replacement is free. I'm assuming it's not free to replace the battery. Uh, is there a, what is the charge if somebody's going to have one of these serviced? Yeah. So, so when you think about a battery replacement, um, it's not like your standard product, you know, it's not like you can just go to CVS down the street and buy a couple lithium batteries and, and pop them in. Um, the battery packs itself, we manufacture here. Most of them have a, a little smart chip circuit board inside. Um, so you really can't counterfeit these things. You know, they've got to work for, for minimum hours. Um, and, and we need to know how much testing people are doing. That way we can turn it off if, if people are abusing it. Um, so, I mean, a battery replacement is kind of more like a tune-up for your car, if you will. You know, because you're replacing the, the gasket. You're replacing all the hardware and the O-rings. You're doing satellite testing. Yeah, so with a PLB, you'll see them range about $150, um, and our battery replacement network is free to charge what they want, but you, you'll typically see it in that range. Okay. Well, that's, that's not bad, I mean, yeah. versus buying a new unit. Uh, Dave Fowler, is this similar to what Search and Rescue use? It is. It is. Um, we've sold thousands of units into the U.S. Coast Guard. Uh, in the U.K., they've got a volunteer organization called the RNLI. Um, they use our beacons, Florida Fish and Wildlife, I just referenced, you know, they keep, uh, all of their officers carry a, a rescue link. Um, and you know, we've been doing this for 60 years. We've, we've, we've sold PLBs into, you know, into military branches that we can't really talk too much about, but we can say that there's been a lot of them, uh, in the Middle East, uh, on all of our, on all of our soldiers. So, you know, we, we, we keep everyone safe and we want to make sure that, you know, when we design one of these products that an organization that, you know, like the Coast Guard or, you know, Fish and Wildlife or the, or the Army, you know, that they're going to want to carry. You know, if professionals, you know, if professionals can see the quality in our product and they want our product, then, you know, it's good enough for everyone else. And so we really design them for the professionals. Uh, that's awesome. Uh, Jeremy has a comment. This and Shark Shield just might make my wife a little less terrified every time I fish in or near the red triangle. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. You know, that, that, you know, honestly, safety devices are a pretty, um, are a great gift. They're an easy mm -hmm. one, generally speaking to, 
justify to the spouse. Yeah. Uh, if she likes you, that is, <laughs> uh, you know, they, they tend to want you to come back. Hey, um, and if they've got, if, if, you know, you look at one of these, what they are is peace of mind. They're peace of mind for everyone at home. So if you, if you get one, you know, I always tell people at boat shows that are talking to me um, about getting one of these. And when they bring up their wives, we'll, we'll talk about the, the peace of mind that the family gets. But I know personally when, when my family has more peace of mind on the activities that I'm doing, that I'm doing it safe and I have the proper safety equipment, my wife lets me go out more often, you know, because she knows I'm better prepared. So just saying, you might be able to get out fishing a little bit more. <laughs> um and I want to bring up one more time the very generous offer you put out there, and I'll throw this up there one more time, to use the code KAYAK15 at the website to get a 15% discount. Uh, this will expire, I think, in about a month, you said. Yeah. Um, I, I don't remember what it was, but if you're interested in this deal, get on it now. But uh, a, a very generous discount to any of our, our followers on here. So use that code KAYAK15 if you go over there and you are interested in one of their products. And there are a variety of them. Um, Dave Fowler asks, how is this compared to the spot device? Yeah. So we, we get that question a lot. Um, you know, spot device, cool little product. You get some tracking in there. Um, some messaging. I think they've got a new two-way messaging one out. Um, you know, it's, it's apples and oranges because um, they're essentially selling you know, those are annual subscription fees that you, you're required every year to have in order to use that device. Um, they're, they're not built or designed or have to go through the same testing and standards that a, that a personal locator beacon or an EPIRB have to. Um, they're using commercial satellites and that's what essentially requires uh, the subscription fan, the subscription plan. You know, they've got to keep those satellites operational. They got to keep their businesses operational and that's, that's their business model. Very similar to a cell phone model. Um, with with the the SOS feature on this on a spot product, or you know, there's the Garmin in Reach and some others out there. You know, they're essentially using a third party call center. Uh, it's called Geos, and, and so Geos is sort of acting, you know, on your behalf to then alert search and rescue. Uh, whereas with a personal locator beacon, because we're using the government satellites, and hence the no subscription it's going directly to search and rescue. Uh, so, you know, NOAA's the, the, the middle point to say it's on land, go to Air Force, it, it's on water, go to Coast Guard or Navy. Um, so it's, the, the message just gets, your, your distress message gets to where it needs to go in, the, in a matter of minutes. Um, so, I mean, yeah, if you're, if you're floating out in the ocean needing rescue, those minutes feel like hours. Um, and so, it, it, you know, it's there, there, there's just no delay in that. Um, and essentially, search and rescue have via your registration, you know, your emergency contacts. And, and one of the things I, I kind of skipped over is so once you activate one of these beacons, while while they're actually trying to, you know, fuel up a helicopter or find the closest boat to your location, someone at a different desk is essentially calling you, first of all, to make sure it's not a false alarm. Um, that's been known to happen from time to time. Um, but if they don't get a hold of you, obviously that's red flag number one. So then they'll start calling your two emergency contacts to figure out, all right, Jim's beacon just went off. You know, who was he with? You know, what kind of kayak, what color is the kayak? Um, you know, what are we looking for? Does he have any health conditions? And so they're drilling your, your emergency contacts for any of that information that they might have. So obviously okay. now, now, you know, your emergency contacts know. Uh, and now they're worried about it. But the nice thing is Coast Guard is, with all of our survivors have told us, is Coast Guard's constantly calling them back and giving them updates, um, you know, especially when, when people have been found. They're giving them updates and trying to calm them down and whatnot. So, Okay. Yeah. Uh, Michael Guerrero has another question. Michael, you're always on here, always asking so many good questions. Um, worst case scenario, if I get thrown overboard on my yak and get knocked unconscious, will the beacon go off at a certain time? underwater right um the answer to that is no right so with a personal locator beacon you manually have to deploy the antenna and press the button uh there's no kind of i think kind of what he's referring to is like a dead man switch right. um 
you know, we do make some some AIS man overboard beacons that when you fall in the water, they'll automatically and your life jacket deploys, it'll automatically turn the beacon on. Um, EPIRBs will will similarly, you know, they, we make some brackets where these will, if your boat was to sink, they'll pop out of the bracket. But uh, yeah, they have to be manually activated. Okay. Uh, Weiss uh, is saying, you have any stories about anyone using this product in different countries? Absolutely. Um, we've got some survivors in the UK, uh, Australia. I tell you, probably the behind the United States where we sell the most beacons into with survivor stories, New Zealand. I, I don't know what it is about New Zealand, but I mean, I probably get a story a week coming out of New Zealand. There are um, adventurous people over there. I've been to New Zealand a few times. It's uh, yeah. it's it's a rough coast. I mean, yeah. it's, a, it's an amazing country uh, and fantastic fishing, but that coast is pretty brutal. Yeah. Uh, so I, I could see that. Uh, Justin actually answered. He says, Weiss, visit the ACR website for survivor stories from all over the world. Yeah, guys, visit the, the, the website. There is so much great information over there. I was uh, looking through it earlier today, and there's a lot of these survival stories and a, a lot of great information. Mm -hmm. uh, on the website and yeah jeremy it, it, it's not going to go off accidentally um yeah. i mean you would have to you kind of have to work at it to, yeah to, 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 this to thing go off yeah to jeremy's point it, it has by law Here, i'm going to give you the whole screen so you can show this a little bit better and, and yeah. take his there you go yes so so the issue of uh, accidentally activating one of these uh, by law a personal locator beacon has to have a two-step activation so essentially deploying the antenna, you can see there's no there's no buttons covered on this, but once you deploy the antenna, then you get the buttons to press the on button. Uh, so you, you physically have to do two different motions to activate it. Um, so it's, it, it, it is designed to prevent false activations. Um, however, in an emergency, you know, we do make it so that you can flip it up, do it all in one in one with one hand. Because obviously you might be holding onto a kayak, and and you might need that extra, you know, be able to do that whole process in one hand. So so that's one of the design features we always try to to push with the engineering team, especially the mechanical guys. You got to be able to do it with one hand, make it easy. However, it can't be easily activated for a false activation. So, but false activations, like I said, are mostly handled with a phone call as long as you've registered your beacon. Um, so it's really not that bad. So I'm going to bring up this comment, Kerry Flowers. He is actually my friend in New Zealand. <laughs> New Zealand's not that dangerous. We just ate a little mad and go out when we really shouldn't. Kerry <laughs> uh, Flowers is one of the best fishermen I've ever had the pleasure of fishing with. He is he's a machine and a great free, free diver as well. And I saw you just got a new boat, Kerry. Uh, is that an invite to go back over there and throw some kayaks on there, I hope? Um, looks like it could haul some kayaks pretty easily. Um, Andrew, is there a periodic test you can do to ensure it is functioning properly? Yeah. So on, on all of our PLBs, whether it's uh, the smallest one, we've got a, a little bit bigger one. This one's probably easier for you to see. Uh, we do have a test function. So essentially when you, you do a self test, it runs through the circuitry of the board and it tells, you know, it's just checking that it, it can see the GPS receiver and it's connected, that the 406 is testing, that the 125 is testing, and that you have sufficient battery. Um, if, if, you have a, if you have our optional subscription service, 406 Link, if you go outside and do a self-test, just deploy the antenna, do that self-test. And when you do a self-test, whether, whether you have the subscription or not, your beacon actually does send a satellite burst. Um, the first two digits of the code that are sent to search and rescue are inverted. So search and rescue knows to ignore a self-test and only focus on, on the live activations. And so that's how we kind of take that, uh, that self-test and, and push it to a cell phone. But yeah, we, we recommend everyone just, just do a self-test every month. Um, obviously not everyone is going out every month, but um, especially before you go on your trip, just do a quick self-test. It's usually just a, a green flash to start um, and then about two seconds later, a second green, you're good to go. Um, there's not too much you can really screw up with these beacons. I, I know you said it before. Um, what is the, what is the shelf life? I mean, just sitting here, how long do you, until I would have to replace it if it's never been used? Yeah. So 
when we manufacture them, um, like with a, a Rescue Link, it has a five-year shelf life on the battery. Um, now, a lot of people will actually get the Beacon, and there's more than five years on that battery. And, and that's because we add in an extra year, you know, because we're, we're, you know, if we ship this to West Marine, Amazon, REI, Bass Pro, you know, your local brick-and-mortar shop, um, you know, it's got to have time to get there. And then, you know, they have to have time to sell it. And we don't know exactly how long that, that balance is going to be. So we always make sure that there's a full year of, of battery life before it gets to the consumer. Um, okay. So that's how we market it is for five years, even though typically the second we manufacture it, it has a six-year shelf life on it. And Gabriel, uh, or Gabriel, uh, is it one-time use and then has to be reset? By yeah. The- it, so it, it is a one-time use, and I, I say that jokingly because if you use this in an emergency, um, you know, someone mentioned the, the, the plaques we have in the wall um, and all the survivor stories online. We've actually got a pro- program called Survivor Club. And so if you use this in an emergency, you just come to the website, go to Survivor Club, fill out the form um, telling us about your story, and essentially send us your, your used beacon back, and we'll send you a brand new one free of charge. And now you're kind of part of that ACR family. Um, and we mount your beacon on a plaque. We bring it back to the retailer that you bought it from. That way, whoever might have, that sales associate that might have helped you, convinced you to, to buy a, a beacon instead of a, a new fishing reel. Um, that way they can kind of experience the, the fact that they had something to do with bringing, bringing you home as well. You know, you get to see your, your kid's next birthday and next Christmas and all of that. So it's, uh, it's a nice way to kind of reward everyone and include everyone in the fact that someone's life was was actually saved by by a product like this. So, so yeah, that's got to be pretty satisfying. That's you know, to to it, to have that. It it really is. I mean, I've been here 15 years, and that's you know, I get to talk to survivors all day long, and it's uh, you know, it's it, it's it's a good day when uh, when I get one of those phone conversations, and and we actually have survivors all the time that will will fly themselves down here. Um, and get a tour of the facility and how we manufacture these things here, and, and just wanting just wanting to meet the people that built this product. Um, we've had three already this year, so it's uh, and that this place lights up. You know, we've got 165 people here, and everyone just wants uh, to get to meet this person and shake their hands, and and they're really here just to meet everyone that had a hand in designing and manufacturing the product. So it, it it's pretty cool, pretty cool place to work. That's cool. Tanya is asking, remind us what we have to like and share in order. Well, we need you to like uh, this broadcast and hopefully share this broadcast on your page. Uh, again, you know, the more shares we get, the more views we get, the more uh, the more we can have great companies like this giving us uh, our viewers deals and giving away some products. So uh, like, comment, share, share my page. Uh, you know, we want I, I want this page to get to 100,000 followers. We're at 90. 92,000, I think. And I'd love to see that pushed up to the 100,000 mark. So please do that for us. That's always a big help. Um, Michael, uh, another question. Uh, if I lose the device, let's say mm-hmm. if it falls off my kayak and floats away, can this be recovered? I guess if it's registered, somebody would have the registration number. and Yeah. So we've actually ha- had that happen a few times where um, a couple different scenarios where we're People have lost them overboard and they've, they've washed ashore. Um, you know, and people will look at the back label and figure out there's an 800 number for them to call uh, for false alarms and they'll report that they found the beacon missing. And, and beacons have been, have been returned back because of the database that you register your beacons for. Um, fun, funny, one funny story, we did have one gentleman had his complete ditch bag stolen off his boat. Um, the thieves went back to the house, were just rummaging through it, and they actually activated one of these beacons, not knowing what it was. Um, and so that gentleman had actually was smart. He reported his beacon and all the stuff was stolen. So if anyone did steal it, you go back to the database and let Noah know that someone stole your beacon. Um, and the police actually showed up to that gentleman's house, and not only did he have the guy's ditch bed, he had a house full of just stolen gear. Um, and so... That's as good. That's as good as a survival story. <laughs> that is awesome. Um, 
I know uh, we talked a little bit about uh, the proper way to wear it. I showed the the photo earlier, and I can bring that back yeah. up again of how you can see it. And I'll actually make that a little bit bigger there, so you can see it up on my shoulder. Um, on my PFD, it's not low. Uh, I know you said you had um, some PFDs with you. Maybe you can uh, show how we should be wearing this if we have it on a PFD and, and the reasoning we need to have yeah. it in a certain position. And I'm going to give you the whole screen again there so you can show it a little bit better. Yeah, so this is uh, you know just one of our inflatable jackets. I think it's a, this is a spin-lock deck vest. Um, so I... I mounted two of them on here for you. This is our, our ocean signal, the smallest one, um, which fits perfectly around the oral inflation tube. And you can literally, if you've got an inflatable, it literally fits perfectly inside. Uh, so it's out of the elements and whatnot. Um, our rescue link will fit inside most of the inflatables as well. It's just a little bit bigger. Um, but kind of where the, the picture you showed, Jim, it, it's a perfect place for, for one of these beacons. Um, because when you're wearing one of these jackets and it's inflated, and really any beacon, even if we're talking a spot product or anything like that, um, they've got to be kept out of the water. Okay. Um, so with, let's see, you know, with these beacons, you're you got to deploy the antenna. It might be a little hard to see. Um, and so you figure you're you're floating in one of these jackets. You want to make sure that that beacon is out of the water. Uh, and kind of has a clear view to the sky. You know, we, we designed the beacon so that they float, but it's really only, you know, the floating purpose is only so if you drop it in the water, you can retrieve it. Right. Um, you, know, you don't want to see your hope, you know, if you're in an emergency situation and you drop it in the water, you don't want to see your hopes and dreams floating to the bottom of the ocean. You know, you need to be able to grab that beacon and, uh, and, and activate it. So you want to keep it mounted high on the bladder of the life jacket, um, you know, you, you might be floating there for, for a little while. So keep, keep in a place that's going to be comfortable. Um, you know, a lot of, a lot of our survivors will, will tell us that they didn't want to have it mounted. They just wanted to hold on to it for, for, you know, for their dear life and they wanted to keep it in their hand. So that's fine is if you're going to keep it in your hand, um, again, just, you don't want to, you don't want to cover the, the GPS. So you don't want to hold it quite like that. You just want to you just want to hold it from the bottom and let it let the antenna face the face the sky. Is that is that GPS because you are drifting? Is that GPS constantly updating? Is sending out an it, updated GPS signal? Yeah. So every you know it once it downloads your GPS coordinates, the GPS will go to sleep to help conserve battery. Uh, that way, you because they're required to work for twenty four hours minimum. But okay. depending on where you are in the world, I mean, if you're in the middle of the Atlantic Ocean, you're going to want to you know. You hope it works for longer than that. Um, but it'll turn off for, for a, a period of about five minutes, and then the GPS will turn back on, require your GPS, and then keep sending that out. So it'll, it will. It will periodically fire back up and, and continuously update your GPS. So if you're, if you're drifting, you know, Coast Guard's getting your, um, your coordinates every time a burst comes down. And, and I've been to the, to the Miami um, district Coast Guard district, you know, where they've got, you know, 25 TVs up on a wall and you can see every beacon that's activated um, and they can see that that signal coming in and, and updated GPS. So that way they can then coordinate that and send that off to, to that helicopter or, or to that small boat crew that that's en route and say, here's the updated GPS coordinates. And like I said, they've then they've got the 121 homing signal, which all of those search and rescue op, um, outfits have. And, and when they're within 10 miles of you, they're typically picking up on that. Now, you have a, um, I mean, this is the rescue link that I've got here. Well, I guess I should bring myself back up on the on the screen here. Um, I've got it in my hand, like you said. I mean, you get, people can see that the size of this, they're nice and small. You do have a, a, a variety. There are several different units that you guys have. Right. Uh, why would I choose one versus another? So, like on the, so just as I pull back up the bladder here, I've got two of them mounted here. Um, and these are really probably the, the, the two best selling ones, you know, in the world right now, the Ocean Signal Rescue Me and then the, the ACR Rescue Link. The main difference between these two beacons is the, the Rescue Link Plus will float. It, it has inherent buoyancy into the case. And the Rescue Me is, while it's the smallest one in the world, it's non-buoyant. So 
you can see I've got it mounted here, but I've also got it tethered to the life jacket. So if you have a really small life jacket and you just want the absolute smallest beacon, it might be a non-floating beacon. So just be cognizant of that fact and tether it to your life jacket. So if you did drop it, it's still tethered to you. Um, so that way you don't have to worry about it losing it. If it, As long as it's tethered to the life jacket or to yourself, really no issue with dropping it. It doesn't really have to float at that point. Um, but a lot of people just want the peace of mind knowing that their beacon will float. And so far and away, you know, we make more Rescue Link Plus beacons um, than any other. Um, but some people want a little bit more PLB, a little bit more battery power and a little bit more um, output power. So we do have, uh, this is our Aqualink View PLB. You can see it is, you know, a fair bit bigger. Uh, and that's mostly because it's got an additional battery inside. Um, and so this will actually work closer to 36 to 40 hours versus 24 hours. Um, and, it, and it transmits about six and a half, half watts of power versus uh, five and a watt, five watts. Okay. So it, it, it's just a little bit, a little bigger beacon, a little more, um, a little more juice to it uh, and a little more battery life. So it, it's all kind of personal preference. If you're going pretty far off, you know, this is kind of, you know, I don't know if, if your audio. This is this is what we call an EPIRB. This is for your boat, right? Uh, and th these are required to work for forty-eight hours uh, continuously once you activate it. So this is the Aqualink's kind of that middle point between a PLB and you know your standard PLB. Okay, so I would think anybody in uh, kayak the the rescue link's really going to be perfect because you're not going to be out that great distance. Maybe yeah. somebody who, who wants a personal locator device uh, for their their small boat who maybe is going out, you know, to the islands. Uh, you know, maybe they're going out to the 10, you know, out to the nine mile bank and, you know, yeah. farther than maybe. Uh, it's obviously it's a much bigger search area and maybe you need that yeah. uh, longer battery life. So, yeah. And, and also I've, if you're on a boat, it's a little more convenient to carry something bulkier. Exactly. And I think especially with, with, with the kayak market, you know, the most important thing I said right in the first minute, you got to wear it, right? So if you're, if you think you want the one with more power versus the smaller one, I, I say go, go actually look and feel at a, at a retail store near you. And, you know, more power is great, but if you're not going to wear it, then it's not going to do you much good. So, you know, it's a, everyone's different. Everyone's got to make that decision on their own. I gotcha. Yeah. Uh, Dave Fowler says, would local fire department be aware of this signal? Uh, we have had some people rescued by, by fire departments. Um, more so, you know, in the country, you know, in, you know, in the middle of the country where, um, you know, they, they would be the first responders. Um, so it's yeah, more a matter of somebody getting the, getting the signal and relaying the information to them. If you're inland, um, essentially the signal isn't going to the Coast Guard, it's going to the Air Force Coordination Center. So based upon where your GPS coordinates are with the beacon, they're gonna figure out who is the closest first responder, whether it's a park ranger, a firefighter, a police. You know, we've had state police be first responders to, to beacon activations. And you know, a lot of times, you know, state police and, and people like that, it, it's probably the first beacon rescue that they've gone off of. Uh, and they're just getting the coordinates from from the AFRCC. So, yeah, we've we've seen just about every every kind of first responder, you know, be on site. Right, and that, that would answer Michael's other thing. If I go off road in the desert, what rescue service would come out? I guess it's all depends on the location and who uh, they're going to relay that information to. Yeah, most most of the survivors inland in, in desert situations or, or like that, it's it's typically fish and wildlife, uh, park rangers, uh, or volunteer local local search and rescue. That's great. Now, what size um, vessel are you saying? Okay, now it's maybe time that you jump up to an actual EPIRB. Um, you know, it's. I, I like to say it's, it's more of what you do on the vessel than the vessel size. You know, you could have a, you know, a small 26 foot center console and you're going 40 miles offshore. Well, you know, you're really putting that, that boat to the, to the limits there. And, and that's when I'm going to say, Hey, you know what, 
you're going that far offshore, you don't know how long it's going to take someone to actually get to you. Search and rescue might know you you need help within minutes, but to actually get someone back out to you, you might be outside of a helicopter range or something like that. So that's what I'm going to say. You know, step up. It, an EPIRB is not that much more than a personal locator beacon. Um, you know, they're designed to float in the water. You know, they've got a lanyard that you literally just attach to you and you just let the beacon do its thing floating in the water. Um, you know, it, really every boat should have it, should have an EPIRB and everyone on, that goes on that boat should know where the EPIRB is and how to use it in emergency um, in case something happens to the captain. Um, you know, we always say a, an EPIRB for the boat and a PLB for the, for the, for the person. Um, mm, okay. You know, obviously sometimes prices is, is an issue. And that's where we see a lot of people wanting to trade down from actually getting an EPIRB for their boat to a personal locator beacon. You know, if, if you're new to beacons, if you're new to, you know, you're not wanting to spend that that much, you know, an EPIRB will typically start for around 450 to $500. Um, you know, if you're not, if you can't afford that just yet, you know, $250, $275 for a PLB, a uh, small price to pay. Yeah, and I think somebody uh, earlier brought up a point, you know, when you, when you look at the pricing on these things and you, and you say it's a five-year battery life, you know, take that price and divide it by the five years. Yeah. And you know, how much you paying per year for that little bit of safety. Um, yeah. Or I shouldn't even say a little bit of safety for a lot of safety. Um, I, I don't think, uh, you know, you break that down by five years. That's, that's not really uh, much to ask. Uh, Jason saying, uh, what are the chances of the PLB accidentally going off? We did discuss this earlier. Uh, they are required to have a two, two step operation to, to set them off. So it looks like it's pretty yep. difficult. Um, as, uh, yeah. you know, we were saying, I mean, you have to, you have to deploy the antenna to get to the buttons to turn it on. Yep. Uh, it has so, to be a deliberate action really. Um, right. And it, it's, it's, it's not difficult. I mean, I just flipped this one open here. Uh, it's not difficult to operate it. So on my shoulder, I could easily deploy this. Mm -hmm. um, and I think we, you know, back to that point of getting it in the proper position. So I'm not having to take, particularly, I think if you're using the, the one that doesn't float, uh, you want to have it in a position where you don't actually have to take it off. Um, you know, this one being a floater, uh, do, do any of them have any kind of a strobe or anything like that? If you were to drop them yep. at night or. Yeah. Uh, great point. Um, all of our PLBs have a strobe light inside. Oh, they do. Um, yeah, okay. they, yeah. It's not required. We just think that it's just a, a smart, a smart feature to have in any kind of a personal locator beacon or any beacon that's going to save your life. Because chances are, you know, uh, one of the things we, we've always learned from our survivors is, is it's usually never one thing. Um, and it's when, you know, when it hits the fan, it, it's usually not in the best of conditions. And so, chances are, it's probably going to be low light. Uh, in the uh, at night or by the time search and rescue actually gets to you you know the sun could have set and so while they have the 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 homing signal to go off of um you know nothing really beats having that actual uh, visual distress uh, of a strobe light going off so okay yeah uh and carrie again how much value do you put on your life these things are so cheap when you look at it like that and yeah. you know when you look at it breaking it down by you know per year uh, I mean, that, that's nothing. Uh, and you know, that, you know, again, we always talk about, you know, how, well, how much is your life worth? You know, you don't want to spend $250. I, I think I personally think my life's more worth more than $250. Yeah. Um, yeah. So. And that's where, that is where you see a lot of people saying, Oh, well, I you know, I like the spot product. It's only what I think $99 or $150. But then you got to get home, and pay another hundred dollars for a subscription. So you're already at the price of a PLB, and now every year you want to use it. If you start adding, you know, it's another hundred dollars every year for for all the bells and whistles, two hundred fifty bucks for five years, and you know, it's it, it, for the value. It's it, it's a great value, and like I said, you can't put put that money on the peace of mind that it provides your family members back at home. Yeah, for sure. Uh, Tom Riley saying, how does it compare to GPS VHF radio? Uh, and again, I think that's something we kind of touched on earlier that, I mean, a, a, a VHF radio is an awesome tool. You can get help from a boat that's nearby you. Yep. Uh, this is that last step 
where you need to get help. You really are in dire straits and you can't get a hold of anybody, anything like that. Is, yes. is, is that a, a good way to think of it? It, it, it is. And the, the other thing to consider with that, and, and one of the reasons we say it's a, it's a product of last resort is, um, you know, with a VHF radio or your cell phone, they all kind of fall into the category where you can use them regularly. And so chances are, you know, Murphy's Law will tell you when you actually need need to use these products in an emergency, if you've used all the battery talking about, you know, talking to other people on that VHF radio of where the where the hot fishing spot was and you've drained that battery down, you know, that's it's we still want you to use it, use it until it dies. But that's why we say PLBs are are, are strictly last resort. Um, and, and if you can get your GPS coordinate coordinates out to that uh yeah, you know, to search and rescue, and you don't need to use the PLB. Fantastic, fantastic. Um, but if that battery should die, you know we want to make sure that that you have some sort of ba- backup. And and with beacons, like I said, they've got four or six megahertz. They can download your GPS. They have the homing signal. Um, you can't test these things to the point where the battery's going to die. So there's and there's three different satellite networks. So it's just this huge network of built-in redundancy. Uh, and that's what you're buying. You're buying this built-in redundancy and from the search and rescue network to the satellites to the beacon itself. Gotcha. Uh, Jason Morris says, have you discussed different ways to attach to your person? Yeah, we, we kind of did. Uh, I don't know if we did mention that like the uh, rescue link here uh, does come with a Velcro strap. And that's what allowed me to attach it mm-hmm. to the uh, shoulder of my PFD. Um, I don't know uh, if there's other ones have a different attachment points, um, but this was pretty effective for mine. Yeah, we have a, like on our on our small rescue link, we've got a little clip that with a kind of like an, a rubber O-ring that can go around your oral inflation tube so it doesn't hurt that. Um, with the, the bigger aqua link, we have a belt clip that goes with it. Um, so there are different beacons have different attachment points and yeah, especially as you see these, you know, next generation ones come out, the wearability is obviously being addressed. Okay. And, and, and again, we you know back to the point that it, to be functional, I mean, you can wear it wherever, but when it's functioning, it does need to be above the water. Exactly. So that antenna needs to be above the water and the uh, GPS you want to make sure is not covered. Uh, yeah. So it is getting the proper signal out. Um, I want to uh, bring this up one more time because it was so generous of you guys. If you guys use the code kayak 15 at the website right there, you will get a 15% discount on any of the products over there. Are there other products uh, over there? And I think there are when I was looking around Mm -hmm. that would uh, be appropriate for kayak fishermen. I know I saw some whistles and ditch bags or. Yeah, we've got, uh, you know, we, we do ditch bags. Um, I'm a huge fan of ditch bags because, you know, obviously you've got other safety, other safety equipment that's not a PLB. Um, you know, you've got first aid kits and if you're on a boat, you've got your flares and, you know, in an emergency, the last thing you want to do is, you know, where is, where are my flares at? Where is, you know, you want to keep it all close together. Um, so that's why I'm, I'm a huge fan of a ditch bag, keeping your beacon in there, your flares, first aid kit. Um, We've got a great blog on our site written by Charlie Bond, um, who's I think one of the one of the listeners, um, and he and he really just nails every single thing you should have in in that ditch bag. Um, you know, obviously we we do make strobe lights, um, so just obviously anytime at night, you know this this will increase your visibility by a few miles. Um, we do have an electronic flare; it's not Coast Guard approved, but um, it's oh, bright. much much brighter than um, than any other strobe lights really out there. Uh, so so strobe lights, you know, signal mirrors as 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 simple as that fa- sounds. You know, some people will use CDs, but a, a signal mirror with a holographic uh, sight in the middle. You know, if, if you need to get rescued during the day, these things are ten times brighter than pyrotechnics. I mean, if you but you, you got to spend the time to to actually learn how to use it and, and learn how to sight them in. Um, but they're they're a fantastic tool, and for what fifteen dollars, it's a real cheap piece of uh, safety gear. Um, yeah, and, and again, you know, I'm, everybody knows I'm I'm the safety guy. I'm the PFD Nazi. I get on everybody who doesn't wear a PFD, and um, 
you know, it's just, it's just common sense stuff. Um, Luke is saying, what site is the blog on? Is that actually on your site? Yeah, it's on acrartex.com. I think you just click on news and we've got a, a journal entry in there separate from the press releases. So a lot, a lot of good tips in there. That's awesome. Uh, Mikkel, can you believe it? It's been an hour. Wow. Flew by. <laughs> I told you, man, these things fly, especially with all the great questions and everything. Um, again, uh, don't forget if you are interested in, in getting one of these things and getting a discount, use uh, the Kayak 15 discount at their online store over there. Uh, please, you know, share these things with your friends. Uh, anybody who you think might be interested, any of your family members who you think might be able to, um, you know, give you a little Christmas gift coming up here or anything like that, because uh, the, these are, are great things to, uh, I mean, I get the question, people all ping me all the time, what's a good gift to get my husband? He's like kayak fishing. So <laughs> these things are always awesome. Um, Mikhail, can't thank you enough for joining me here today and um, for being a part of this and for, for the great support and uh, everything that you're going to be doing here for our followers. Uh, I think this is a really fun show and super informative. Yeah. I, I can't thank you enough for joining us. No, I appreciate the time and just stay safe out there. All right, guys. Thanks, man. Okay, I'm going to drop you down and finalize this thing. Um, and it didn't drop you down. for There we go. Uh, so, again, um, please share. If you are going to be watching this thing uh, as a replay or if you are watching this replay, please type in replay in the comments below. I will be waiting a little while before I select our winner, we are giving one of these away. If I didn't mention that already, uh, I think I did. But uh, yeah, we'll be giving one of these away to one of our followers here today. Um, I appreciate you all watching. I don't have a show scheduled for next week because I'm going to be on vacation with my wife. Um, but we do. We will have a show the following week. So I appreciate everybody watching as always and always your, uh, your great support. Uh, if you are going out on the water, please always wear your PFD and hold your paddle right side up. Take care. Well, I hope you see what a great safety tool these personal locator beacons are from ACR. I hope you enjoyed the video. If you did, please give us a thumbs up. Make sure you've subscribed to Kayak Fishing Tales. And as always, always wear your PFD and keep your paddle right side up. Take care.